0: Hey everyone, welcome back. This is part two of the season two wrap-up show from Mayday featuring your questions, Ask Mayday, almost anything. So I wanted to make sure that you knew that this was a three-parter. So this is part two. Next week we'll have part three. If you missed part one, it should be available wherever you are listening to this podcast. So go check that out. Once again, thanks everyone for listening to the podcast, sending in questions. And once again, you can hit us up on social media at Facebook, Facebook, instagram and twitter our handle is at handmade podcast so enjoy and also oh you can email us mayday at all that's mayday at all if you got any more questions we're always uh open to answer them so send them our way have a good time enjoy the podcast we'll see you next week bye all right next one
1: all right from Cavette. Do you think it's possible that Lydia knew about Commander Lawrence's lax household and placed Emily there intentionally? Her line about God being merciful has me wondering.
0: So I don't know. I don't think so. I kind of don't get that vibe from anything about that. Because um, she seems genuinely just as taken aback with the Commander Lawrence situation as anything else. Like, she doesn't go in there and it doesn't appear, like, forced when she's, like, completely like, surprised by all the things that are occurring in the house. So I I didn't get that impression.
2: I agree. I I think when they first go into Commander Lawrence's house, I think if she were pretending that she didn't know, she would pretend like everything was normal, and she seemed genuinely shocked. Yeah. Like, what is is happening here? This is so strange. And then he comes in, and she's like, oh, but he's a commander, so, like, I'm going to get down to business. But she's, like, clearly uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: So unless she's just playing it out supremely and perfectly like why would
1: you pretend i'm yeah. surprised if you already yeah, knew I don't, so I don't think so. it's possible um okay and then our next question comes from miley so reef i don't know um in the season but uh, series finale i'm sorry in the series finale we didn't get to see wait is she a time traveler i was gonna say was a season oh we'll, we'll i was, go season yeah i now. said season it's, well she they, says series they put series but i'm saying season right. that's what she meant or he. In the series finale, or season finale, we don't really get to see Serena and Lady Putnam's union rally <laughs> with the other wives. What's the story there? So curious how that might have gone down. Me too. That's I one of those... it would have been
2: fascinating to see.
1: Yeah, I wonder at which point they would have stopped talking in code. Because, you know, initially when we see the conversation, they're like, <laughs> I, I wonder would if be you we're thinking thoughts about thinking and thoughts. <laughs> and it was all very, like veiled um
2: it was great though that was a phenomenal brief little scene on the stairs it was
1: cool and it was definitely something unexpected from lady putnam yeah but anyway i
0: I think plot wise it doesn't necessarily matter i think yeah
3: i agree yeah i think i
2: agree but i think it would be really interesting to see like were some of them, like, way more anxious to have that conversation than and others were, like, really dragging their feet and sure. kind of, like, felt dubious about it? I right. think that would be fascinating. Yeah, like, just... Lady Putnam doesn't seem to care about children, generally speaking. <laughs> right. So I was pretty surprised to hear her, hear her willing to risk so much to be able to attempt to provide one type of right for her mm-hmm. daughter well, yeah, i think
3: it was like the rights for themselves too you also oh yeah. that i right. do they but like rights <laughs> oh. they want to be able to read at least you know yeah, I think I, but it wasn't just about I, the kids.
0: From a production standpoint, I would just say that it's one of those things that you just have to assume that it all went well and everyone's, just to move the plot along, just because, while well, it would be interesting, again, much like Fred and Serena driving to the house, it's like you just have to assume that they were fighting the entire time that they <laughs> yeah, were there. As much as we would like over. to see what that conversation so, yeah, was So like. eventually, I think it's just one of those things, it's like we can only write so many things. Like I envision one day there being a show that's on like 24 hours a day where you get to see all of the things that happen within the show from every single conceivable angle. That would angle. be amazing. Like a fully it immersive... never come out for air. Right? <laughs> like a fully immersive, like you see all the things, like even if it was just at your own pace, where you could like watch it and watch every angle of it from every thing. Like whoever wants to make that, go ahead and make that. You're welcome for that idea. But I think that would be great because so many people like on this show are like, I want to see this from, you know, their perspective and how did this happen? And so I just, yeah. It'd be expensive.
2: Yeah, I I was going to say. It would either be expensive or bad. All right.
0: So next, we're moving on to the Facebook. So thank you to all our Instagram users. Um, Hopefully, I think Sarah is going to be taking over and using her preferred social media platform, as she says, uh, to interact with you in the coming weeks. All right. So I'm going to do the Facebooks because I spend a lot of time with my Facebooks people. Um, Now, Emma Waltman is our first one here. She was not the first one to ask a question. She's the most recent one to ask a question. That's how it works on here. But... Emma Waltman is a uh, St. Louis person, just so you know. She's a Washu. She has a question. Do you believe that Serena has made a total arc? Do you think she'd get involved with the underground? Mm. <laughs> Sarah, we'll let you take this one first since that's your lady.
1: Um, no. I don't think so. I don't think she's totally there yet. I think it's it's one thing to want something for your child, but... Sometimes it's different for you, even though you want it better for you too. It's she wasn't fighting for reading before she had a daughter. Then she was. Not that she didn't think that reading was important before she had a child, but sometimes that motivation and doing something that's not just for you is um, important. So no, I don't think she's made a total arc. I I don't see her getting involved in the underground. But I'm pessimistic, so maybe you guys have more hope for her and think she's better. Oh, not even a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Especially because she, yeah, she showed some of her darkest self in this show, and I can't forget that.
0: Yeah, she doesn't seem to stay in one place very long.
1: Mm. Yeah, she
2: seems to really be genuinely struggling right now, which I think does imply that like her, um, her questioning of the way things are in Gilead is genuine.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And clearly she just made the most difficult choice of her life. For sure. But I, I I, do kind of feel like even if she tries to help, like she's probably not very good at it. <laughs> she doesn't have a lot of um, resistance in her, seemingly. No. Mm. Although, I, I mean, she did really, she had such a strong face in in challenging the United States status quo.
3: Sure. True. I do wonder though what is left for Serena to do. Yeah. Now that Alfred's gone, now that the baby is gone, what is there for her to do? Just get another handmaid, handmate and do the exact same thing.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. If, if she doesn't go back, you think they'll give Fred another handmaid? I don't, I don't think know. she's going back. That whole fallout would be very Judy's interesting. I don't think she's going back yeah. to that house. So. I'd no, love I don't to think she's that.
0: going back either. But we'll see. That there's so many interesting ways all of that can go. Uh, her, the second part of this question, and I found this very interesting because we did talk a little bit about this, is, uh, I'm getting more and more irritated by fans who believe June should end up alone to prove she doesn't need a man. This is not what feminism means. And she goes on, the rest of the part of this question got cut off, and she was talking about how you shouldn't have to pick between, uh, Luke and, like, basically debating the whole Team Luke, mm-hmm. Team, Luke, Team Nick. Nick thing, and how some people think that she doesn't need either one of them, um just uh, my, my personal opinion is that she, much like and I think Bruce said this with Tiana did a conference call which we were on, which, and he talked about how he would very much be under the um, under the opinion that she should be able to get out, make her decision, and have as much sex and intimacy as she wants with whoever she wants, regardless yep. of whether that's one of them, both of them, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, it, it to me it's irrelevant. Yeah, um, like
3: June's not laying in her bed and I going like
1: Luke or Nick.
3: Luke or Nick. She's like, get the fuck out, get my kids. Right. Right. Like that other stuff, we'll figure it out. I love both of them. That's possible. Okay. Let me get out of slavery.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I do, I, I really, the more I think about that, and we brought that up last podcast about her, the idea of being in love with two different people in your lives being possible and them exploring that, I think will be interesting. Um, so I, 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 that's where I'm at. And she uh, says, I also get the f- feeling that the writers would like for June to have a somewhat happy ending. And uh, I think from everything we've heard from them, regardless of whether that's actually going to happen, um, I think that's kind of the take that I got from them. Mm-hmm. But you never know where she's going to. You get the take
3: that are. She is going to have a happy ending. That they
0: would like for her to have a happy they ending. They would
3: like for her. I would agree with that. I think that we should just prepare ourselves to not know what's going to happen to June. I agree.
0: Hmm. I agree. Uh, our next question is from Rachel Wentz Bot. Uh, there's a lot of people who compare parts of Gilead to America today. Obviously, it's quite political. Uh, in the beginning, there was a lot of discussion that America was moving towards a more Gilead nation. Was there anything in the show that made you feel like, OMG, this is her quotes, OMG, this could happen or is happening here?
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, have you heard yeah. about Missouri
3: politics?
0: And go.
1: <laughs> is, yeah. In a word, yes. Uh, that's what drew me to the show. In the first place, in the book, when I read the book, it was last March for the first—not last March, but the previous March of twenty-six, Where is this? Anyway, uh, and everything politically felt so relevant in the book in a terrifying way, and then the show started happening, and it was more terrifying <laughs> for me. And so, in a word, yes. Like, there's a scene where there's a flashback between Luke and June. Just to get specific. There's a there's a scene where he has to buy her... No. He, yeah, has, he has to, to sign, sign off form saying it's okay. on her birth control. And I thought, okay, that's where it's going to go. First, it's going to be like, oh, birth control... Like, it's going to happen in baby steps. And then before you know it, you know, because the first little baby step, you'll be like, well, that's not a big deal. And the second one, you'll be like, well... Oh, That's a little dubious. And then the third one, your husband or boyfriend or whatever is going to have to sign off on your birth control and then they have control of your money and it's that fast. That's what's really fascinating about the book. There's a scene in the book. It's only like one page or something. It's a really short part of the book where they talk about how Men got control of the money and the computers and the banks and whatever, and then it was just like it boom, was all over. That was it. You you yeah. you don't go. You, you don't make you decisions. don't work here anymore. You don't have any money. You don't. And then that was the end of it. Because people are like, oh no, that'll never happen. Oh, it was so far away. And it's like, no, there's a few little baby steps that nobody questions, and then there's a big one, and then that's it. Before you know it, that's it. And I'm getting a little um, uh, sounding paranoid at this point, but. That was a, that was a scene in the show, and they address the banks thing in the first season, where they there's like yep. a flashback with Luke and Moira, and Luke's right. like, "What's well, the big deal, right. man?" Because Moira oh. I think, goes
0: to the ATM and she can't get any money out. Right,
1: right, and like, and you know, from a male perspective, I can see how they'd be like, well, "I don't know," and then well, women are to like, "No." If is a
3: shithead, if you're you know right. dad or whoever would be the or next person in yeah. line, brother or right, but if it's like your husband, you ex husband that you you know, I don't know, right, or, you know. A,
1: Right, but like, and Luke was kind of like, I don't know, guys. And they were like, no, Luke, get it <laughs> right. together. This yeah. is happening and it's terrifying and this is what it means. So those two little scenes, the flashback with Luke, Moira, and June, and then the flashback between uh, June being annoyed that she has to have Luke sign off on her birth control. Those two little scenes, I was like, we're so close to that in ways that I don't understand that, yes, it's very uncomfortable and tense for me to to watch it. And that's what drew me to it.
3: Yeah, I mean you think about some of the legislation that's happening now or the the proposed legislation is like I can't I don't know if I can get into this right now. <laughs> yeah, it's one so of hard. my favorite and I'm not even trying one to One of my PC, favorite just, text
0: conversations with Crystal Martin went as such. Crystal uh, Martin hooked us up to go see Hamilton and she knew a guy that was playing at Hamilton in Chicago. After Hamilton, I'm walking out and I was texting Crystal to say thanks that was awesome because we got to go up on stage and meet the guy and do whatever. And Crystal's response to my text was, "That's great. At a protest right now. I'm so glad it went well. I'll talk to you later." <laughs> and so, uh, there. Yeah, it's very. Um, I can't talk about it because I will not say the right thing, and get in trouble. Well, so it's, it's
3: just. I mean, like it's just thinking about women reproductive rights in in its yeah. own right, and the things that people do not consider that happens in our bodies. Especially when it comes to the possibility of having a baby, not having be- all these things, like it, it's just down to like human life. Like it is just down to the fact that like things happen. We have to have protections, and I am not going to say anymore. But yes, it is very terrifying, and I could see that. I mean, even now, I, I, when I got on birth control, someone asked me what my boyfriend thought about it, and it was sort of like, it doesn't fucking matter what he thinks about right. it, right? But like, yeah. it's a, it's something that is. People feel they can talk about now, or people that your partner should have some decision uh, ability to make a decision with you. So, who's to say this stuff still can happen?
2: I update your passports.
0: <laughs> Just did it.
2: <laughs> Just kidding. But actually, Gianna, you should always any, have an updated passport.
0: Anything you'd like to say out loud?
2: I'm trying to um, think about what I want to say out loud that will offend the least amount of people. Um, Did you know that this past Thursday, um, legislation was just passed by a small committee in the House that makes it legal for all businesses to discriminate, or all uh, adoption agencies to discriminate against uh, LGBTQ individuals and couples for adoption, um, if they feel like it. It, it, Those are the kinds of things that I see happening in the real world. Um, Seemingly small decisions that really impact a small subset of people, but it keeps happening over and over again. And, you know, it's not always the same small set of people. Eventually, it adds up to a lot of individuals whose rights you're just, like, chipping away at over time. Right. Over and over in history. Yeah. It's right? really, um, we've seen, in even relatively recent memory, yes. some countries all over the world where a new regime comes in and yep. they start making small incremental changes. Where no one um, questions it. Yeah, p- people it's question small. it, but they say, okay, well, you know, happens, this leader right. is not going to be our leader forever. We're right. going to be able to change it. Let's just keep, keep on keeping on. Let's go vote. Let's do the thing. Let's <sighs> protest where we can. Let's fight for the legislation that we want to see. And you do, but eventually leaders can become too powerful, um, and they start doing it's things like questioning – kind of gaslighting the country as a whole, questioning the media, questioning whether or not things are real, or questioning whether or not a thing that a lot of people say is a problem is really a problem. Maybe it's great for you. Um, those kinds of things are pervasive and poisonous. And we've seen it happen in other countries around the world. And I do see a lot of those things beginning to happen here. And that's where it really scares me, because those are things that you can't change overnight. I don't think anybody in Russia thought that Putin would still be their leader at this point when he was first elected to his first post. Um,
3: Probably didn't think he was going to go and walk into another country and try to take it over.
2: Yeah, it, he did it successfully. He didn't just right. try.
3: He did well, it successfully saying, in, in Crimea. No one thought he was going to do that, right? Like, yeah. That would be um, a thing that any country
2: would do. There are was it
3: 2016? 20, well, no, 20, was that 2014? 14. 2014.
2: There are co- places in the world right now where women have little to no rights. And it seems impossible that that could happen here. But then I think about things like it seemed impossible to them, to the English right. that the colonies would revolt and overthrow their power here. That seemed impossible to them. Things like that seem impossible until it happens, and I worry that people are going to let things get too bad before they really do something about it. I'm going to stop talking about this now so I can still be happy for the rest of the day.
0: Agreed. I agree with everything everyone's just said. I think a great example of these two, of the the things, if you want to look to the... Everyone always talks about the Middle East, and especially when they talk about this show and women not having rights, and rightfully so. There are a lot of countries in the Middle East where, you know, like Saudi Arabia, just this year, they finally got the right to drive cars. Uh, women did. And so there's a lot of things there. But I, Iran, specifically, and Afghanistan, specifically, if you look at them historically, mm-hmm. if you go back to look before, like... The Taliban took yep. over and the regimes that are theocracy based took over and what it looked like back then to where it looks like now right. you would be shocked. So that, I think it's one of these things where people, it's been that way for so long people don't realize how it mm-hmm. was and how it was a yeah. fairly modern society with lots of freedoms and lots of things and...
2: Before yeah. America and the Soviet Union started messing around in Afghanistan right. they right. were much better off mm-hmm. Yeah Yeah.
0: So uh if you're out there thinking that it can't happen here, um, that's, what that's great thinks. that you think Yeah. That. All right. So next question. Everybody doing all right? Who needs a drink? I already had one.
1: <sighs> okay.
0: okay. We're going to let's see what the next one is. Maybe it'll be a little more uplifting. Uh, oh, this is a good one. We talked about this a little bit. Alex Marlowe, How long do you think the showrunners can push the show? Are we going to have an endless saga like The Walking Dead or neatly tied almost bow like Mad Men? I'm not sure I could make it ten seasons. The best shows know when the to finish before the audience stops giving a fuck. <laughs> this show is too important to milk for ratings, surely. Question mark.
2: Yeah, we talked about this a little yeah. bit before we started recording today, and I think the general consensus was maybe two more seasons.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, a really well worded question. Yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I, and I kind I of disagree
2: that Mad Men was a almost neatly tied bow. Like it was, but it was a couple of years later than it should have been.
3: I love that you said almost neatly though, because the actually the last episode pissed me off. Yeah, I don't think it did any great. service to like an amazing of a show that as Mad Men was. I was really mad, and I also wanted Don to just f- jump off the cliff. I wanted Don Draper dead at the end of this
2: <laughs> this show. He got too much redemption, and I still hate him. I hate you, but you can't, Don Draper. You can't. Uh, <laughs> you can't hate the the moment when Peggy walks out of the office with her box and shit and the cigarettes and. Well, the, see,
3: I love that, but I also hated moment. the fact that they had they 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 just they took Peggy, and y'all know Elizabeth is my girl. They took Peggy's whole character and packaged it in falling in love with that that. Uninteresting dude, and it was such an unbelievable. Oh, I don't think so. oh, it was such an unbelievable type of. Oh God, oh we're in love with each other. Okay, the end, and now I'm a successful businesswoman, and I'm also in love. I was just like, no, no, no. Sorry, never we're seen not it. talking about Mad oh, I don't feel like it. Have uh, <laughs> you I seen don't it, like it, it got... sir? Much like Breaking Bad. I never it. seen it. Oh well, I know Breaking right. That's not, a whole other podcast
0: for Justin and that you Sarah to think. watch.
3: But yeah, two but more, two more seasons, I, I
0: would say five seasons is what this five? show is about. At like, it's got three more. I think two to three more. No, no, five total. Okay. I'd that's say what I think. Yeah. Max. I'd say Max. Yeah, and yeah. I know Bruce Miller in the off season said like we could do this show for ten years. Right. I think that's from when we, I interviewed him. I asked him about that because he was on. He wrote for ER, which for those keeping score at home was fifteen very, seasons. Very very of a show. Of show. But he he made a point of saying that's a different type it's of show, right? Of yeah. show. Um, and so this he always comes back to this, no matter what he says, and it's interesting because he comes back to it a lot. Is that this is The Handmaid's Tale, and it is a show about ultimately June Offred's journey. And so I think as long as they have to do that journey, that will be the show. And I think, realistically, for me, just thinking about it, where we're at now, two to three more seasons has got to be it. So much
2: happens in every season of this show that it's really hard to imagine it happening at this level of intensity continuously for much longer.
0: Uh, Let's see. Kim Leffert says, Do you think June can survive now that she burned bridges at the Waterfords?
2: Oof. I think she could definitely survive. She's going she to have to. Right? going to survive. She is a survivor.
1: But yeah, I don't. I, I think it will just be a very different kind of surviving. It's hard to know because Lydia is kind of in a lurch right now because we don't know if she's dead or alive. And she will she would do the placement mm, when true. June came back. She's alive. Yeah. Well, okay. She is alive. So Lydia is alive. But somebody may take over for her while she's healing or in yeah, the interim. that would be fascinating. So whoever that person is.
0: Gwendolyn Christie. Hello. We established this fact that Gwendolyn Christie is the aunt of the ants in the bizarre the aunt m- aunt version of The Handmaid's Tale. Well,
1: yeah. <laughs> so that's too up in the air because, like, obviously she'll survive because the show's about her and her journey. Right. But, well, how that plays out is so up in the air.
0: All right. Stacey Rosser wants to know, have you seen previous Handmaid's Tale productions and are they worth trying to track down? Wow. Now, the only previous production film TV-wise is the movie. Which that's the only one I know about. Nineteen ninety. And is universally, even by the people that produced it, because I have talked to them, um, not very good. Did not turn out very well. They, the story goes that they got, it, they were the first people to get the rights and talk to Margaret Atwood about making a movie about it. They made it. The company that they got to do the production went bankrupt, so they did not have the money to. Make a complete good movie and also promote it, which back then, not like social media today, was you know, in 1990s a little tough to promote a movie if you can't put out posters and commercials and yeah. all the things you need. And to at that do time, that.
2: if a movie didn't do well in the theaters, it didn't do well. Right, almost guaranteed forever. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. extremely rare for no. a movie to be found if it wasn't big in the theaters. Right.
0: As with any movie, it's all subjective. I know Anne Crabtree. The, one of the main reasons that she said with the Q and A when we were scared fast, she like brought them there like Daniel Wilson Productions is the one who made this and brought them to the show because they were, they were that movie was one of her main inspirations for even being involved in any of this so uh the opinions can vary based on lots of things and I I, I think it's one of those things where like parts of it are certainly terrible and the book is the ending is different than the ending in the book um so it, but I would think for a completist a person that like just is a handmade still person I think I would like to see it I just haven't uh, just to see what it's like and see what they do but no, I kind of disagree. I don't think
2: you need
1: to see
0: it. No, I didn't say you need to see it, no. but if you're a person who's looking to find all things handmade I mean, there's like a musical, there's an opera, there's all kinds of things. Like if you Google Handmaid's Tale, there's a million different types of things you can find. I mean, Of Ken does Barbies of all things. And that's pretty fabulous. She's the best follow yeah. on Instagram ever. Uh, Sherry Sue is Justin more woke in the daily struggles of women. <laughs> asterisk. Asked in a tone of total love and respect. Heart emoji. Now, we talked about this before the show, too. We did not know if this was directed for me to answer or for you to answer.
2: I think it's directed at, like, the us. group as a whole, mainly okay. us. <laughs> um, I, I'm i a little unclear if she's asking if you are mo- more woke more than, most than most men or more woke um, than you were at the beginning of this venture. I got the
0: impression that it was more woke than when I started this project.
2: Okay. That maybe. Makes sense. Then, yeah, maybe. You We've know had, me I've known you the long longest,
0: time. I believe. Yeah. Well, maybe Sarah. But as far as personal like hanging yeah. out all the time you've known me longer so i'll give you the first crack at this
2: yeah i think um as far as i have a, i have a lot of guy friends um and i think of the fairly woke guys i've Hold on, known time out before like, you say what? the rest of the yeah.
0: sentence, i want people to know that of all the things that tiana will do she will not not say the truth about things. Oh, yeah, things. that's true. So if she really thought I was full of shit and was not as woke as we used to be, she would tell you right now. Oh, yeah, And yes. I would respect her for telling me that.
2: Yeah, yeah that's totally true. Totally true. I am, I am frank to a fault. <laughs> um, yeah, I think among the woke guys I've generally known in my life, and some of them are fantastic and more woke than I would have ever imagined, um, Justin's pretty up there. He's really aware that he doesn't know a lot of things. And also, it helps tremendously that he is married to a really amazing uh, all-around-in-life woman, Um, which I think just helps a lot, like, keeping Justin aware that he doesn't know all the things, and that what he thinks he does know is from his perspective. And that is kind of key, I think, to, to anybody's wokeness, is knowing that, like, your thoughts and views and opinions are your thoughts and views and opinions and they are not universal and do not apply to everybody and are not the same experience that everybody else has in the world. Maybe not even the same experience that anybody else is having in the world. So being aware of those things is like the bottom line and I think he's very aware of those things. I know some people who listen to the podcast sometimes think that like Justin takes control more than he should or like talks over us or um, interrupts a lot. I gotta say like I am interrupt us the most like I am super bad and I am aware that that is a problem for me. I'm sure he just edits it out a lot um, because you have to but like this is a thing that I am always shocked to hear people say because I know Justin so well and I would absolutely never hesitate to tell him if he was like being shocked. yeah if he was yeah. yeah stepping on toes or anything like that like that's 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 not a thing that would fly. Um, without me saying something about it.
0: That's the relationship we have. That's true. I love it. That's true. Any other opinions?
1: Uh, well, yeah, I was going to say pretty much almost exactly what Tiana said, except that she knows him longer, but I think all that matters is the, the, um, the intention, you know? So like no one can know everything about Mm -hmm. any experience that other people are having. All that matters is that you care to learn, and that you have an open mind about it, and then you think about it, and then it kind of changes how you think and feel and what your perspective is. And that's what Justin's doing. I mean, yeah. what more could we ask of him? He can't have a woman's experience. Yeah. You know? He doesn't like, have a he uterus. Is, he is who he is. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's the most important part. So, I mean, I guess he would be more woke only because, like I said, he seeks to learn, and he is. And that's been going on for two seasons now that, yeah. our, that our baby yeah. is I think we definitely had some uh, conversations
2: during our production of this show not necessarily always on online mic, yeah but we have definitely had some discussions where Justin I think has come away like oh yeah I like never thought about it that way or that had not occurred to me or oh, that is sure. just a thing that I would never have thought of not having had that experience in right. real life right but we don't I, always have those conversations on mic partly just yeah. because we're friends and we talk to each other when we don't have microphones in front right. of us
0: right yeah. mm-hmm. I know one of the big ones from the first season is I think the first episode where or maybe the second episode where uh, Moira and June go into the caf uh, the coffee shop.
2: Oh and yeah, the, like, yeah.
0: Takeovers kind of underway, or at least people they're like the owners of yeah, the business. the way the new guy, works. guy yes. the new barista guy, is there and like yeah. calls them sluts. And Justin and was shocked. <laughs> I I don't know that I was necessarily shocked. I was shocked that you had. Ex- it just seems like a thing that like in our society for. The randomness of how it happens in that episode, yeah. of how he just looks at them based on what they're wearing and mm-hmm. calls them sluts, I didn't feel like was a thing that would happen now. Um, that definitely happens and now, yeah. I was, oh, and
3: not like
2: a barista. Like, I've never been called a slut, I'm a barista. But this wasn't their regular barista. Like, this he was just new. Some, this oh, was the first right, time yeah. he was seeing them and they were seeing him.
0: I'm definitely aware that in that other people, interactions that people, that sluts,
2: people yeah. could yeah. Yeah. say that. Like walking down the street.
0: Yes yes yeah Um, from uh, Crystal I don't know if you have any of that
3: oh yeah no I was gonna say I feel like you're just a highly empathetic person which makes it and you don't have I mean we all have egos but you don't have so much of an ego that if someone says that you're wrong you don't understand something that it's not like well wait wait, let me explain myself it's like no okay oh shit I guess I'm just wrong about that thank you for explaining it I think that that is really the value that you add I mean also just making this whole thing happen yeah (laughs) and and all the things yeah but people say like I I even get people who comment and say, That's really interesting that a man wants to run a podcast about this show like almost implying like does he have some like creepy fascination with this type of thing? You know, (laughs) honestly, people are just weirded out by men caring about women's issues or like things that are dealing with women as if like those two things are separate and that our lives are not connected. So why would a man want to know things about women? Oh, that's weird. I think it's so right? weird like, that that would be
2: a question that somebody would have. Like, right. it's not at all ever questioned when a woman is a big right? fan of a male-focused show, something. or yeah, yeah. sports, or you know, politics, which is almost all dudes all the time. Right. So I think like, it's
3: amazing that
2: it's, it's just, just interesting you are doing this. that people question that. Um, but like, I definitely see where they're coming from, and I do have to say, it's like, this has either. turned into a little <laughs> bit of like, we think Justin's great. Um, <laughs> So sorry for that, guys, but it, I feel like that's kind of what the question was right. getting right. at is like, and do we think and
3: that like you said like it's
2: <laughs> good or not? Have you heard
3: the women on this show? Like if Justin was like, acting sideways, somebody's gonna say something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, mean, Crystal, I, think, I think. Crystal the... wants everybody taken care of immediately on the Handmaid's Tale that's show. So, <laughs> so if I was doing some stupid shit, Crystal either would not come back, she'd be calling Tiana and be like, Nope. <laughs>
2: no <more. laughs> not what, for me. What did you convince me to do?
0: Um I will say from my perspective. That if I'm answering this, am I more woke? Um, I'm for sure more woke than I was at the beginning of this process. Uh, I have learned a lot, and I, I admittedly was, as Tiana said, a fairly you know plugged in kind of. I don't know to say I'm a woke dude, but you're, you know, you're
2: not a you're not a like. Johnny comes lately right. to feminism. No, like, not this at all. Is... Well, yeah, he's been married to Nikki for yes, a
0: while. Yes, I've been married. Me and Nikki, like I said, <laughs> we've been yeah. together since 1995. His amazing wife
2: and daughter would have, like, beat that out of him yeah. a long time ago. And
0: I think, so for me, I kind of come from a, I don't know if it's unique, but as far as, like, if we're going to take this all the way back and go a little deep with it for just a second. When I was growing up, my parents, like, you usually hang out with your parents' friends, mm-hmm. like, when you grow up, and they, they're kids, and you hang out with their their your friends. So my parents' best friends, uh, Steve and Anya, uh, had daughters, had two daughters. And so uh, my par- I was the oldest, my sister's five years younger than me, so it took a little while for her to come along. And so when we would hang out, it would be me and two to three girls all the time. And we hung out with them all the time. And they had friends that had boys, but they those friends were the friends that we hung out with the most. And so I've always been surrounded by women. Um, and <laughs> admittedly, uh, those two women are both very strong women. Um, so that helps. Krisha, who is, uh, I just saw yesterday. She lives in Kansas City now, but, uh, she is a couple years older than me. And so she was always the one, she was always in charge. Like we would play house in school and she, that's her personality. Like she's type A. She's like, she's always the teacher or the mom or the thing. Yeah. And we always make a joke about it now. And I, we actually Did talked about that. Did she grow up that. to be a teacher? No, she's actually oh, a nurse, okay. but she's like the head nurse. Well, like she's great. in charge of all the nurses now. Um, she's great, <laughs> like but it. that's her personality. And I joked about like. Because if you look up at my life historically, um, for the, and you guys have only known me since I've been married to Nikki, uh, the women that I surround myself with and that I deal with and get along with the most are very much in that same vein. Um, my, that's
2: that's true. I never right? noticed that before. Yeah. You only and have strong female so friends. And so
0: Christian and I were hanging out a little bit last year and we don't get to hang out very often. And I was like, I came to a realization that like you... Set the foundation for like me dealing with women for the rest of my life, <laughs> yeah. like in not a joking kind of way. That's like, in a of... I think I had kind of a unique, That's really un- interesting. I mean, other people I'm sure grew up with being around girls all the time, and we talked about that with other people we've interviewed. But yeah, that for me, it was never weird, and girls were never this thing that were like the cooties thing. Like, I no clue what that's about. Like, I remember, like, being in that, that era of where guys were like, girls are gross. I was like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> girls are awesome. Um, and, like, uh, that was for varying reasons in different times in my life. But, yeah, so I've always kind of been around or been with strong women. My mother's, like, very strong woman. You know, my grandmother, my all of them. And so I've kind of always had that. And so that's where I'm coming from. And I have been with Nikki since we were in high school. Um, not a thing we recommend to anyone. But even our child, we like because we yeah, we, we, we seriously that. we got together. when We were sixteen, oh. and like yeah, it, our daughter is gonna be a freshman. Yeah, and we I, were like that's like two years from now for you. Don't do that, (laughs)
2: yeah.
0: Because it's just a lot of growing up to do with a person. You know, your twenties. The odds
2: of it working out as well as it has for you guys are so slim, (laughs) and they fought for it. So slim. I think a lot. Oh, there was a lot of fighting for it,
0: more than anyone will ever, ever, ever know. Um, But
1: from Justin and Nikki both, they're like, "Yep, we were in the trenches. We fought for it. it, I get
0: it." As far as being involved with the show, like I was same with Sarah. Like I read the book, and like it got to the part for me. It was the part where they blamed the killing of the congress and all the people on the islamic militants and i was like i was at i remember where i was i was at the the stoplight and i stopped my car and don't do this at home but i texted the person who told me to read this book and i was like this book needs to get out of my head right now it was like this shit could happen tomorrow i'd be like oh yeah that sounds about right i was like this could have come out yesterday and all the things in this book sound like they could happen so uh, yes, uh, I think I'm more woke, and I try to get more woke all the time. And have met people through this show and learned things through this show that are definitely making me more woke. So I appreciate that question. All right, Amy Gilder Busati, three names, love it. What aspect of Gilead Modern Society do you hope we will learn more about before the show ends?
2: Oh man,
3: so much. Everybody else, what are the handmaids in Detroit doing? going <laughs> crazy?
0: Crystal got a little love for the handmaids in Detroit I this week on Twitter. I just not
3: know. I just really want to know what's happening. Like, what does Gilead look like in other cities? Right, You Boston. think about, yeah, the cultures of different cities are just so vastly different, right? What's yeah. going to happen in St. Louis is going to be different from what's going to happen in Detroit. What's going to be different is happening in D.C. Like, or these different types of centers? I think, is D.C. actually online as far as Gilead's concerned? Uh, I
0: don't know. I don't like know. They blew in, up a, a bunch they, of it. So. That, na-
3: that part of the nation. Well, anyway, I will let you know what's happening. In the other also, do you see a little Im- imaginative map of like rebel
2: territories? Which I didn't even
3: know was so, a thing. Or
2: is that just an imagination? I will send you a screenshot I took of. There's a moment late mm-hmm. this season where you see Fred on his desk, like over his desk, looking at. A map yeah. of the former United States, and like there are even like radioactive symbols on mm-hmm. a couple right. of, of parts. So I'll send you that. And it looks like part. It looks like different regions of the United States. They're they're different colors, but like not yeah. individual states. Like whole big Sections regions. Like someone, the South is a certain. Someone
3: color. Uh, tweeted. Uh, yeah, retweeted it. They tweeted like a picture it's of yeah. Gilead yeah. But I just want to know, like, what do what do rebels look like in this context? Are like, we the... rebels? So we'd be like, would we just be like? American rebels like taking over I would parts already be dead at this point yeah. California
2: yeah. <laughs> you know I don't know Are there like rebel strongholds and is it like Hunger Games style where like parts of the country are like made to do certain things because that's what they're good at because mm-hmm. like the colonies are one part of the country like right. that's not everywhere but outside of the small part of Gilead we've right. seen sure. so like what about elsewhere like is there a part where like it's the agricultural section and that's sure. what everybody there does and I really want to know about that
0: Alright, lightning round, here we go Stacy Rosser, can you share a photo of you all? I'd like to see the faces that belong to the voices I know so well uh, yeah, I, yeah, we have pictures of me and Tiana um, that I reposted the other day, because it was Anne Crafty's birthday, so there's pictures of us with her um
2: yeah
0: i'll put i'll put a little something out on the social media as a hey these are the faces of mayday yeah Um, because i was thinking i had kind of a realization there's
2: also a picture of our original crew from really really early on on at ria's house jason
0: ria tiana and justin yeah yeah thinking the other day about our podcast i think our strength and one of the things that just people pointing out to me more than anything is kind of the diversity of the opinions on this show and i've never really thought about it just because i'm always plugged in doing the show. I
2: feel like we're not very diverse in our Well, opinions. I think, for,
0: but having a me being a guy and then having two women of color on the show and, you know, and I just think that probably, <laughs> yeah. Sarah.
2: We do cover several, like, stages of life, yes. which I think is helpful. And, yeah, yeah.
0: generationally, I think there's some interesting things. So people yeah. seem to appreciate well, yeah, that. I agree with that so actually, I when you that, think about it. Yeah.
2: But our our overarching views of the world are not oh, very yeah. different. No, yeah. like no. parents, no, non-parents. And we realize like, that.
3: Of babies. Parent of older child, parent of like growing up child, parent of a cat.
2: Don't forget the
0: cat. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. Please stay subscribed as we will be bringing you more fantastic content while the show is on hiatus. We do not take a break. We will keep talking about the Handmaid's Tale and keep bringing you all kinds of other coverage of shows that you might like, movies you might like. We're going to read a book, I think. All kinds of good stuff coming up. You never know what we're going to do. So stay with us. Uh, follow us on social media at podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's podcast uh, If you are an Apple listener and you listen on Apple Podcasts, Please go rate and review us. That helps us uh, get the word out to everyone. Let us know that you enjoyed the podcast. Otherwise, please go download and uh, listen to Slacker Radio, and you can listen to our radio station, Handmaid's Resistance Radio. That is free on the Slacker app or at slacker.com. Once again, that's Handmaid's Resistance Radio. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one.